Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantera Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. A hole in one, not big. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Minas. Good morning, everybody. Another edition of Tee to Green is on the air here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Brian Cozio. Thanks for joining us. Kevin Sylvester has the week off. PGA Pro Jeff Metis, of course, never takes any time off. He's always here working hard for us. Jeff in the building. And in for Kevin this week, one of our Tee to Green contributors, Nate Geary from WGR joining us here as well. Uh, Jeff, good morning. Ready good morning. Go? Yes. Yeah, I'm ready, for, uh, I'm ready for a little cool weather to play golf. Playing golf in the midday sun uh, is mad dog and Englishman type of stuff out there today. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it'll be nice to have some cool weather to play in. That's right. Nate, you are filling in exactly how you should be for Kevin, because if you're going to fill in for Kevin, you have to average at least playing golf six days a week out of seven. And I think that's what you've been doing. So I think you're filling Kevin's shoes very well here. Did you, have you guys seen Kevin wasting his time fishing? Like, that's valuable <laughs> golf time that he's spending fishing. Well, you know, I get it. He's got to spend some time with the kids. But, uh, yeah, that's valuable time on the course he's missing out on. That's right. I think the fishing's pre-golf. I think that's how it works. Oh, okay. Fishing, then golfing, and then fishing, and then maybe another nine. So, yes. Anyway, so we look, uh, we wish Kevin good luck this weekend. He's on a golf assignment, Jeff, so we should say that at least. Yes. Yep. He's working. That's right. Absolutely. Anyway, coming up here on the show. So Nate's in for Kevin. Brian Coziel, Jeff Meadis here as well, as always, on Tee to Green. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're having a good start to your weekend. Um, Yes. We're going to talk about the player that we've been talking about for weeks again because he made more news last week, Bryson DeChambeau. I feel like as much as we've talked about Tiger over the years here, uh, Bryson's getting the most mentions here over the last few months. But we do have Tiger to talk about, too, some news he made this week. Um, some other things. Our Ryder Cup report. Well, that's got some big news this week. We just heard a few days ago. So there's news there. Of course, our Western New York PGA tip of the week. And which tee box is right for you? We're going to have that discussion mm. as well. We've talked about that a little bit. Uh, Golf Magazine has kind of a formula, a mathematical formula. Everybody's into analytics, so we're going to see if we agree uh, with what they have to say here. Uh, Champions Tour Report, PGA Tour Leaderboard Check, and the Workday Charity Open this week all coming up here uh, on the show. And in our second segment, uh, we'll speak with the PGA Pro and Membership Director Don Schneider from Tantara Golf Club, uh, where I play. And uh, Don's going to give us a couple thoughts on 
just what are some of the latest things going on at his course and uh, some membership ideas as well. So that's coming up in our second segment. But for now here, uh, we get going on tee to green. Uh, I, I think we got to start with Bryson. He wins last week at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, finishes it in style, Jeff, with a 367 yard on the 18th hole. Mind you, with a two-shot lead going into that hole, he ends up deciding to pull out driver and then sticks it to less than 10 feet, makes birdie. He averaged, drove during the uh, week, Jeff, 351 yards. That's that's really impressive. I mean, I, I remember when I was a kid, if I hit a 280, people were oogling and goo goo, you know, going crazy if you hit it that far. Uh, you know, and I like that he hit driver. I mean, he had a two-shot lead, and he's been hitting it great, and he's he's certainly the talk of the tour right now. A lot of guys are, uh, are you know, it's turned people's eye towards him, maybe in a different way, where maybe you looked at him initially and said, yeah, he's a bit on the fringe. He's a good player. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas had a few comments about, hey, what's going on here? Maybe I need to maybe get a little bit better at some of this also. So it, it's interesting. He's he's uh, he's made golf interesting. I know that the things have been great um, as far as uh, rating so far. So that's definitely helping. And, and he's making it fun. He's certainly making it fun to watch. Nate, what are your thoughts on Bryson? Just his length, his confidence right now. I mean, he's he's clearly the buzz of the PGA Tour. Yeah, traditionalists hate it. Um, I mean, you're you're hearing a lot of complaints over it. You're hearing a lot of folks who love the the sort of the history of the game, not necessarily being a, a game where you've got a guy who can get up on a tee box and you know hit a drive straight 367 yards down a fairway and I mean it is becomes a different game and and maybe you say well that 25 or in some cases average of average of 351 is what eight to ten yards off the next person um and I mean at the end of the day how much is you know eight to 12 15 yards additional to a pro might mean a whole heck of a lot um and and now there's all this talk of you know what kind of equipment changes do we need to make because of bryson do we need to take a look at what's be, what's going on with the technology of golf balls with the technology of drivers and, and to jeff's point the ratings are up why are we trying to poke holes um in a strategy that was a built inside of the based on numbers and analytics um but if if, he, if, if bryson's able to figure out a tweak or figure out a manipulation of a swing that extends distance in the game with with equipment that everyone else has the capability of using then so be it and i mean you know this is a guy that is you know it's funny to talk about but the guy's an absolute unit uh i mean the guy looks like if what, what i would assume like a human big toe like a like a giant human big toe like he's just this big meaty He's out there drinking protein shakes on the uh, on the on the range and then on the course three times like I mean, just look at the guy's diet. He is doing things that other guys aren't, and he's being rewarded for it. I just, I, I, I love that on 18, he, he goes 367, and he's, what, 15 yards from OB on the left side? Like, there's no room to miss on the left side. And the guy just has, what I love about his approach, even more so than the results, is that he's kind of brought this laissez-faire, um, I'm out here to almost have fun, and I'm going to do it my way. And, and I love that about him. There, are, there aren't enough of players like him in, in, P, in the PGA um, and in golf in general. And I, I think he's being rewarded for trying things that other guys maybe in years past because they fear the David Duvall story of, you know, being real, get real bulked up that changes your swing. I think a lot of people feared that. And Bryson DeChambeau is telling people, 
there, there's a different element to this game a lot of you haven't tried. Well, I see, I would disagree. I think people have been doing it, and people have been saying this about golf. You know, they said it about Tiger. They said it about Jack. They talked about rolling the ball back years ago, and, and the discussion at the national level with the USGA and stuff is your average golfer loves the distance, you know, uh, and they love hitting it far. And you and I like hitting it far. If we were still playing mm -hmm. a lot of golf balls, we'd be hitting it a lot shorter. So it's a lot more fun for everybody to play. And he's just doing – he's doing the things that, you know, everybody else is doing. He's getting in the jam. He's, I, I don't know that other guys are trying to get as bulky, but they're trying yeah. to get as strong. Uh, sure. And they're all trying to create speed. He's just done it a little better. And I, I just don't know. I, I love – it's fun to watch. I've kind of gone both ways on him. I don't know if you can continue to have that much club head speed and hit it that straight every week. That's um, the confusing it, thing to me is how he can swing it that fast but continue to hit it that straight. It almost – like, it almost doesn't make sense. He's in a confident frame of mind, confident swing right now. And he kind of, you know, if something jumps in there, or if he catches a minor injury, that could change how he swings, and, and things would be a lot different. But he is fun to watch. He is, you know, he's divisive in some ways, and he's, he, he, he's drawing people to the game, which is what I think is great. Jeff, the, the injury thing you brought up I want to ask you about, is his swing so aggressive? And I know Kevin's used the word violent before. I think that's a good way to describe it. Uh, mm -hmm. Is he setting himself up for an injury? Uh, we've seen guys with, I don't want to say similar swings, but swings that we would consider to be strong swings, like Jason Day, Tiger Woods back in the day, develop mm -hmm. injuries that took a while to overcome. Uh, is he setting himself up for that? Well, that's what all the working out is supposed to do, you know, and it's the decelerator is creating a lot of speed, and then you got to slow down quickly. Um, and we talked about in past weeks how he kind of gets his left leg out of there and he doesn't put a lot of, torque on that forward leg he doesn't pivot around it like most players do so he's taking a lot of that pressure off uh you know repetitive motion injuries can happen i mean there's a lot of reasons you can get hurt you can catch a root you know something bad can happen um uh, and then you know if that engine's not uh firing on all cylinders then things can get a little it's harder to hit the ball straight he's very confident right now too so you know he's only seeing good shots and that helps um uh, but injuries, you know, that's something they're all trying to avoid and prevent because that can change your swing and that can change how comfortable you are over the ball and all those things. Um, so I'm sure he's doing a lot of injury avoidance. He's working with professionals. You know, it's, he's, not, he's not just going out there hitting squats just to hit squats. He's training properly, and everything he's doing is trying to create speed. And there's some hyperbole out there in the media. And I heard him talk about hitting him hitting an 8-iron 225 yards. Well, he carried it. He didn't carry it 225 yards. He lands it on the front edge of the green and it rolls back 20 yards short of the, you know, so people are saying, hey, he had an eight iron 225. Well, he didn't, and he was from the rough. But, um, you know, so there is a lot of that. But he is blasting that driver, and it is a huge advantage right now. As we always say, proximity to the hole and length off the tee. Those are the, the length off the tee equates to proximity to the hole a lot of time, and that's what's, that's what's helping making him really good right now. We'll see if it keeps going. Be fun. Um, we said it about Brooks Kepka. We said about everybody at some point, you know, can they keep it going? I'd like to see him keep it going just because he's such a different bird and he brings a unique personality to the game. Yeah, Justin Thomas, you mentioned, had some comments about it. Um, he said, it's frustrating to watch, he goes, from a competitive standpoint because he said, you can throw a blanket almost over all his drives. And what he's saying there is that he's accurate too, which, uh, you know, a, a lot of us from time to time, we think can, we can hit it far, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to hit it where we want to in terms of the accuracy and the location. Uh, and Bryson's been able to do that. Uh, he's not playing this week. Bryson had played the first four events uh, since the PGA Tour resume play. He's not playing this week uh, at the Workday Charity Open there. As, uh, we get a check here of our PGA leaderboard 
PGA Tour leaderboard brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different. And also by Puma Golf Shoes, uh, who is playing this week, of course, Phil Mickelson. He, of course, sponsored by Workday. So you knew he was going to be here. And uh, he's hitting it as far as he ever had. Uh, in the first round yesterday, he finished with a drive of over 360. So he's 50 years old, Jeff. And I know you've said, you know, as you've gotten older, you're still hitting it as far as you ever have. So it shows that if there's the proper technique and the proper technology, that everybody can continue to hit it as far as they really can at this point, as long as you're, you're, you're doing it in the right capacity. Yeah, we, we talk all the time. The ball and the driver, those things, that combination has really changed the game. I always tell the anecdote, you know, when I was 22 years old at the club I played where I'd hit my driver, I go to that club now in Rochester, I hit my driver in the same spot. You know, my swing speed's definitely slower than it was then. A lot slower, I'm older. Uh, but the technology has made that possible, and it's made a, you know, it's a different game now. The ball is, is, is different, you know, much like hockey's a different game now. You know, the, the, the sticks changed hockey, I think, you know, with the shots and everything else and the training. So, um, you know, it, everybody's hitting it farther, and then they train for speed. Now, in years, years past, we didn't always train for speed. These guys now train for speed on a daily basis. They're making practice swings as fast as they can. They're trying to do everything to create power and speed because that's where the game's gone. Nate, I w how many times have you maybe, you know, you seek advice from, I don't know, I don't want to throw, I, I guess, our, our elder friends amongst the bus, but I know you and I, I'm sure, and you're younger than I am, but you've probably heard the advice of, oh, swing easy. And, mm. you know, and Jeff is, is telling my son all the time, who's 10 when he's working with him, like, no, sw try to hit it as hard as you can here. And, you know, I, as, as we're trying to compare this to what Bryson is doing, but I know you, as you and I practice, we've been trying to get better at our driver and all that sort of stuff. I mean, trying to create speed, that's what we're trying to do right now. Well, I think it's so interesting. And I, and I think the, the pairing of Michael Wolf and Ryan Armour was a really good example of two very different types of swings and swing speed, right? Like Michael Wolf is right up there with DeChambeau and creating a ton of swing speed, and he's trying to hit the ball very hard. Um, whereas uh, Ryan Armour, who was right there with both guys, DeChambeau and uh, Michael Wolf last week, I mean, that guy is hitting it almost half at half the speed. He's pulling out a hybrid or, a, a, you know, a rescue club when, you know, Wolf's hitting an eight iron. Um, and, yeah, that's huge when you're talking about the differences in how a guy can be aggressive uh, on a certain part. I'm sorry, Matthew Wolf, not Michael. Um, um, and, and hitting the ball, with, just it's a different – it's a totally different strategy um, when you're hitting a rescue club 220 yards or you're hitting an eight iron, right? And for me, the, the thing that I continue to go back on is your point of hitting it harder or hitting it, you know, just trying to make good solid contact in the middle of the face is there is in when you're a novice, when you're us, when you're just playing the game all the time and you're never going to be in a situation where you're a professional. Yeah, I mean, there is a tendency to, I want to hit the ball straight. That's my priority. But in the, you know, in the quote unquote league, like these guys are able to bridge the gap between hitting it straight and also hitting it really hard. I mean, that's where we all want to be. It's just for the most of us, we don't have the resources. We don't have necessarily this, the, the coaching to be able to swing at the speed these guys can hit it and hit it straight. To me, that's, that's the biggest difference now is these guys are able to hit it so hard and so quickly and so fast. Um, you know, to Jeff's point, he said the same thing to me, you know, like create the speed with your swing. Um, but the technology will do a lot of the work for you now. 
Jeff, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, are you still hearing people saying swing easy? Yeah. Um, and these guys are great athletes too. That's the yeah. other thing, you know, they're not just, you know, it used to be, well, you couldn't play, you couldn't make the football, hockey, baseball, tennis team. So you go play golf. Those days are gone. Um, I don't hear many good instructors telling people to swing easy by any means. You know, you, um, there was something I, I retweeted the other day, Jack Grout, who taught Jack Nicholas when he was a kid. What was the first thing he told him? I want you to hit as hard as you can. We'll teach you to hit it straight later. And I mm -hmm. was kind of always brought up that way too. You know, you, you, I can learn, I can, if you don't, um, there's, there's, they study, you know, the human body and dynamics and everything else. And children and kids learn to create speed at a certain age. I think for boys, it's between 10 and 13 years old or 10 and, Somewhere in that young adult range, if you haven't learned to create speed or jump or run fast by that age, it's a lot harder to do it later. So that's why we always tell juniors to swing as hard as they can. Or beginners, hey, let's create some speed. It's way more fun if you hit it far, too. The game's more fun when you hit it far. And the other thing is people get too careful. So if you're being very careful when you're swinging, then it's, it's difficult to play well. Then it becomes a cautious movement or a, you try to place the club on the back of the ball instead of taking a rip at it. It becomes a, a harder way to play. How many times have you played golf well when you just jumped on a cart, you got out, hit shots, ran, got out, hit the next one, and never really thought about it? Or how many times have you been on the driving range and just roping driver after driver because you're in a good rhythm? But then you get on the course and you try to – you worry about where you're going to hit it instead of just making that same athletic, fast move. So I, I've never told anyone to swing easy, especially not with the driver. Um, there's a lot of half shots and a lot of other shots that you're working on in your golf swing. But with the driver, the, the driver is the only club in the bag that's designed to hit it as far as you can. Brian Colesiel, Kevin, uh, Kevin Sylvester is off this week. Nate Geary in for Kevin and PGA Pro Jeff Metis here on Tee to Green. Thanks for joining us here on WGR. Uh, we'll talk Tiger Woods. He made some news this week. Ryder Cup news, all that coming up here. Champions Tour report, Ryder Cup report. Uh, along the way let's get to our western new york pga tip of the week here now while we're talking about drivers uh even before we recorded this show here jeff and i got a chance to work on my driver a little bit here so our western new york pga tip of the week brought to you by the western new york pga which has one goal promoting the game of promoting and growing the game of golf today tomorrow uh, and beyond uh well jeff beyond creating club head speed of course is all a ton of other factors in hitting a good golf shot uh, but for me, I know working on my driver, uh, when you and I were looking at it, some things even just before I even got started helped correct some things, including alignment and ball position. We haven't even talked about the swing yet, but those are some important things. I know that you were working on that with me. Yeah, sometimes the, you know, people get stuck in their golf game, and it's, a lot of times it's something really simple. Like in your case, it was, it was pretty simple. You had gotten aimed right and the ball too far back in your stance. So what that causes is that club to come in steeper and, and more towards crashing the ground and for you to de-loft it. So typically what happens with people, if you aim too far left, you tend to swing one way. If you aim too far right, you tend to swing steep. So simple fundamentals, if we just did that and you went out and hit a bunch of balls, your swing would start to morph to your new position and you'd hit it better. So the thing with the driver that I see you know, people often is if you watch the tour players, that ball's teed very high, all right? The driver's the only club in the bag that you're actually swinging up on when you hit it. All the other clubs, you're you know, sweeping it off the ground or compressing it into the turf with an iron. Um, so with the driver, you want that ball forward and you want it teed high so you can catch the ball on the upswing. Most people will have the ball, what they think, they always think it's forward, but it's usually not forward enough or it's back in their stance. So the driver's still coming down when it hits the ball. So you're kind of like trapping the driver and de-lofting it. 
or they find a way to hang back and try to add loft. I mean, there's a million things you can do when you have bad ball position. So without a good setup and without good ball position, your swing reacts to where that ball is in your stance and in, in relation to your target. So if you can just get the fundamentals of a setup and ball position right, you're going to play better. I mean, if you are struggling with your game right now, go to the range, lay a couple of clubs down, know where you're aimed, check your ball position, and, and you'd be surprised how many times that your alignment or your ball position's off. And with a driver, let's make sure it's forward and teed high. And, and if, you, if you have this, there's foot powder spray or some kind of baby powder, you put it on the face of your club, you can actually see where you're making contact. A lot of times people think they're making contact in the center of the blade. But if you look, they're maybe catching it a little low. That'll put a little more spin on the ball. So there's a lot of things you can do, but it starts in golf with a good setup, good alignment, and good ball position. And then you can make a good swing. Without, a good, without those things being proper, you have to have an equal and opposite reaction in your swing, which doesn't make you a better player in most cases. And I think, too, sometimes we don't even know it. And I'll admit that I didn't, Jeff, because you said, you know, all right, we were looking at the driving range, aim at that 200 target out there, that blue target. At, we were on the Glen Oak range. And I said, okay, I am. And then you put the club down parallel to my feet, and I actually was set up to the right of it. And then you moved me a little more left so that I was lined up with it too. So sometimes like that, you know. It, it made, looked I, weird, didn't it? It, it looked it, really weird to you yeah, when you did it. Yeah, it did. And, and it, I was like, holy cow, I, my stance is so open now. I, uh, and Nate, you and I have been playing and what have I been complaining about with you? It's not, it's not that I'm not getting decent contact with the, with the ball or distance. Yeah. Or distance is because my ball flight was so low and Jeff was like, well, you're, first of all, you're aimed upright and the ball's back too far in your stance. So you're coming in and kind of swooping over toward the left. And that was what was not allowing it to launch up high and go. Yeah. Everything you were doing was de-lofting the club. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to hit it high and far and straight that way. Right. Now, Nate, on the other hand, I know you have a, a nice ball flight with your driver. Uh, have you thought, have you really looked at your alignment? Like, are you happy with it? Cause I mean, that's something sometimes I think we maybe, or even ball position take for granted. I had the ball, Jeff had said, you know, a little too far back in my stand. So I got to move that up. Yeah. The ball position was almost, I mean, Jeff, other than my grip, whoa, the ball position was like the next thing that you're looking at when I say, Hey Jeff, my driver is doing blank. And the first question Jeff always asks me is, okay, well, where's the ball? Um, so for me now, I mean, I, I've really brought it to an extreme. It, it's on my big toe of my front foot. Um, and like that's, that's where I'm teeing the ball off. And, and from time, um, I, I look at it this way too. The, the flight of the ball matters in a lot of instances because an optimal ball flight is going to bring you optimal distance. Brian, you could be hitting the ball much further than you are if you had a more optimal ball flight. Um, but you are getting a lot of roll. And to, and to Jeff's point earlier about Bryson DeChambeau hitting his 8-iron 220, right? Like, he didn't fly at 220. Um, the same is said about a driver. If you're carrying your driver, you know, 210 yards, but it's going 260, uh, you know, how much are you really taking? Is that a successful swing? Um, yes, but in every condition, no. So it, not every course you're going to be able to roll the ball 40 yards and, and take advantage of something like that. So for me, it's always about staying straight. And the further up in your stance you are, you know, and this is something that Jeff has taught me is, you know, you, you are taking away misses in a lot of cases. And really, at the end of the day, it's how good can your miss be when you're us, you know, like, and, and that's what I'm always obsessed with with a shot is, okay, you know, if I miss this, what is the worst case scenario? And if you can bring that, 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 that to a smaller miss category or your misses still be good shots, like that, that's where I want to be. 
Yeah. Well, I don't like you thinking about misses. I want you to think about where you're well, going. Of course. Don't think about those bad <laughs> shots. But just to re, uh, finish up on ball position, you know, what we always talk about is the best players in the world when they're hitting the irons, their lowest point of their swing is two to four inches in front of the golf ball. So if you have your ball way forward, it's hard to bottom out in front of it. And if you have mm -hmm. it too far back, it's hard to make a good aggressive swing forward without swinging over the top of it. And with the driver, the best players in the world are coming up one to two degrees and catching it actually on the upswing uh, when they hit it. And that's why they launch it high and far and with no swing. You know, Bryson DeChambeau is hitting it really low. It's not going that far. He's also got optimum launch conditions along with everything else he's doing. All right, good advice there. Again, you can talk to your local pro, get great tips like the ones from Jeff's right here. Uh, go to your local club. You can contact any of them. Go to WNYPGA.com for more. Great advice there in terms of just how to get started, uh, tournament news, how to get your son or daughter involved, or just to get going on golf. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break here on Tee to Green. Still to come, we're going to talk about Tiger. We made some news this week, the Ryder Cup. Uh, some not-so-great news about that this week as uh, we roll on. And what tee box is right for you? That's all coming up here. Brian Koziel, PGA Pro Jeff Metis, Nate Geary filling in for Kevin Sylvester. Uh, when we come back, though, Don Schneider, the PGA Pro from Tantara in North Tonawanda, going to join us as uh, we roll on here on Tee to Green. Take a timeout. More coming up right after this on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more Tee to Green coming up. Welcome back, T.D. Green, Brian Colziel here, and we're on site for this segment. We're at one of our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club here in North Tonawanda, and we're pleased to be joined by the head PGA Pro and membership director, Don Schneider, who of course has been on the show many times before. We actually did our first remote show of the season back in March uh, here at Tantara, and then of course, as we all know, COVID shut a lot of things down, including our remote schedule. So. Uh, we record remotely now, uh, but Don is kind uh, enough to join us here at Tantara. Don, that uh, March show, we had no idea what was coming, did we? <laughs> no, uh, nobody, nobody knew it was, as, as he said, there's no road map. So, uh, but it's actually, uh, it, it's, it's been a, a very different year, of course. Um, so what we're finding out is that uh, really uh, I expected as, as membership director to have a difficult time this year uh, selling memberships, thinking people you know, aren't working or, or whatever's happening. And uh, it's actually the direct opposite. So we've been busier than ever. Uh, and kind of what's happened, I, I believe, is that most people are working from home remotely or not working. Um, and our golf course is busy. Membership is up. Um, so we're having a good year, ironically. Yeah, that's good news. I mean, I think with there's so many normal maybe recreational outlets that aren't there, uh, I know even as a parent, a lot of kids' activities are not going on, so you're looking for things to do. Um, in terms of, uh, we don't need to go through procedures here at the course because I know we've been asking a lot of pros about it. I'm sure at this point, if you're a golfer, you've been out and you see it. Uh, I know from playing here, Tantara is doing a great job with it. But uh, if you could say maybe a positive thing or two that has come out of this in terms of some of the procedures you've learned that maybe going forward you'll continue to implement, maybe what would some of those things be? Well, we, we put the noodles in the flagstick, and, um, and, and with USGA's changes, you know, that you can leave it in anyway, 
Uh, I'm hearing that people are saying pace of play is faster. So I think that's a positive and some people are getting used to that. Um, some of the uh, situations with uh, COVID where we can't have rakes in, in the bunkers and ball washers and those things, um, those, those things will change in time, but I'm not sure if that'll be this season. We're just kind of playing up by ear. But, you know, I think the, the real positive that I see is membership is, is understanding what, what we're going through. Uh, they're appreciative that we're, we're hanging in there. We're able to keep the golf course open. I said, you know, the biggest thing is that this is something we can do, as, as you mentioned. We can be outdoors. We can, you know, social distance without a problem. So um, it, it's an outlet for a lot of people. Um, so we'll continue to chug along doing the same things. And then in, until there's changes, uh, Ann, our GM, is fantastic with email. She's got stuff out there about every other day. And the communication's been great on her part. So letting everybody know what's going on. And we've modified a lot of things we have to do with food and beverage uh, but I think we're doing the right things to keep people uh, happy. One thing that is always out of your control is the weather. Mm -hmm. And it's been tremendous. And I know that uh, the course, just from playing it, is in tremendous shape. So there's one thing golf courses did get a nice uh, pat on the back this year. has been a beautiful year of weather so far. Yeah, it's been uh, – June was incredible. Uh, and we started off in – well, you mentioned March we were playing golf. That hasn't happened in a while. So – we're happy about that. Um, as far as the golf course conditions, I, I got a, I got a, a little shout out for uh, Joe Stein is our superintendent. Uh, we're, we're lucky to have him. Uh, he was here for 18 years and then left uh, to get on the sales side of turf for a while. I must have got an itch to come back and do this. And he's here and he's doing a great job. I've heard nothing but compliments. People saying it's either the best condition they've seen this year or maybe the best condition they've ever seen the golf course. So uh, the weather's helped, uh, for sure. Um, so we haven't had that heavy rain that we normally have had the last two springs. So that, that helps, too. Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to Joe and his staff, too. Since I've been a member here, this is the best the course has ever looked. Just even how the rough is cut and uh, the, the greens and the fairways. We, we know a lot of courses. Tee boxes and greens are a big part of it, and uh, it's great here. We're speaking with Don Schneider, the membership director and PGA Pro here on Tee to Green, one of our home clubs here at Tantera. Uh, Brian Colsey with you. Thanks for being with us here on WGR. Uh, before we talk about maybe membership opportunities, uh, let's talk a little bit of golf. Bryson DeChambeau, of course, is the buzz of the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. He hit his drive on the last hole last week over 360 with a two-shot lead. He decides to do it. I know you said you're, you're, you know, with some of your lessons, I'm sure you've had the discussion of somebody with DeChambeau or just guys want to continue just to hit the ball farther and farther and farther. So what do you think about what Bryson's doing? And, and then we'll get into maybe just how to hit the ball a little farther too. Well, I think what he's doing is he's obviously got a different regiment to get stronger, bigger, um, working out, diet, all of that. So uh, he's setting the bar very high and, and it's it's, it's kind of like when you looked at Tiger when he came out and he was the guy that was a fitness guy. This is another level, uh, more on, on the strength side of it. So I think you'll probably see a bunch of guys during the offseason follow his lead. Uh, now, as far as his equipment and his philosophy with the swing, it's, it's unique. And obviously it's working. So how can we criticize that? It's different. Um, as far as, you know, getting distance, um, you know, I, I think what you've got to do is you've got to go out, and when you're on the driving range, take some extra hard swings, faster swings that you're not used to doing. I think we all fall into uh, habits of just doing the same thing over and over again with speed, and I'm not sure you even know what fast is, 
swing club head speed until you do it. So do it with, with no golf ball. And, and my philosophy is, is that swing as hard as you can while you can stay on balance. And if you're off balance, well, then you're probably overdoing it. But um, it's different than what we used to talk about. Everybody used to think it was, well, swing easy and you know, don't try to hit it too hard. And uh, equipment's changed that a little bit. I mean, it's lighter. It's more lively. I know you got some new Callaway stuff this year, so um, you're seeing that probably. The ball's got more uh, lively over the years. Uh, so it's a combination of things. But, uh, yeah, everybody wants more distance. Uh, toughest lesson in my book is an older gentleman who has just gotten – Maybe not. he's not as flexible or doesn't have the range of motion he used to have, and he's trying to get that back. And, and uh, stretching is a big part of it. I talk to everybody about stretching, and ironically, a lot of people don't. They show up at the golf course, they're tight, their back's tight, they're driving a car or at the office, and they're not ready. So you know, my, my speech is if any other sports you've played, baseball, hockey, tennis, whatever it is, there needs to be a warm-up. You know? And for us to think we can just go out on the tee and just turn it on, uh, it's not realistic. So it, just basic stretches before you leave the house. It helps tremendously. Yeah, good advice for your score. I mean, hole one, the stroke counts just as much as it does on 18. Yeah, yeah. and I just had that conversation with a guy the other day. And he said, all he does is putt and chip when he's here, and, and, and that's good. He said, you know, this is where, you know, the driving range is overrated, as he tells me that every time he's here. And then we were talking, and then he, he played much better on the backside. So my comment was, well, if you had gone to the driving range, that back that that front side might have looked better, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a warm up, I said because you spent three four holes as your warm up. I said your scores probably would have been better. I said so. So now I'm starting to see him on the range a little bit. Absolutely, Don Schneider here from Tantara, one of our home clubs here on Tee to Green. Brian Colsey with you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's talk a little bit about membership opportunities. Uh, I know that. For those that have been following me on Twitter, you might have seen your swing into swing, spring into spring promotion been going on. I know you're going to be carrying that through right into the summer, right? Yeah. So we, you know, because it's a different year with COVID, you know, spring is obviously we're into summer, but we're, we're going to continue with the promotion and it's, it's done very well. Uh, what's important to understand is that we, we're the only game in town that has inclusive memberships at a private club. So. Uh, what that means is with, with your dues, your carts are included, driving range is included, uh, bag stores is included, so there's no added fees. Uh, our promotion right now will waive our initiation fee, which is normally 1500 That would be zero. And we would also give you one month of free dues in the month of January with a 12-month commitment. So it's real easy. There's no hidden costs. There's no assessments. There's no sales tax. So if you, if you look around, you'll find that that's pretty unique. Yeah, I think that's one thing that if, when I speak with people about sometimes their hesitation down about joining somewhere, it's the, well, what's what are those underlying hidden fees that I'm not aware of? And I think that's what is a great thing about what you have going here is that you lay it all out on the table. You're going to know exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, a lot of times, you know, it's the dues can be a certain number, but then it's OK, the carts are more and. And so you start adding it all up, and, and it ends up being a lot more money than you expected up front. Um, the other thing, too, is that, you know, we want people to know is that we're, we're a golf club. You know, we're not a country club. We're, you know, we're not that fancy. So, uh, but if you're looking for someone to play golf in good conditions, uh, great membership, you know, friendly people, um, and a place to hang out and have a beer and a sandwich later on, uh, that's what we are. You know, so uh, we, we 
that's partially why our dues what are what they are. You know, we don't have some of the amenities, but if you're looking for good golf, that's what we are. Yeah. How can they contact you, Don? Uh, best way is uh, right now with COVID, I'm not I'm not able to get in the pro shop a lot. We're working from outside a lot, so you can go to our website, Tantera uh, Golf Club, and then just uh, go to the uh, section that's asking about membership, or directly it's D Schneider, so it's D S C H N E I D E R at Tantera gc.com and you can try to get me on the phone it's a little tougher it's 694-0366 extension 105 excellent and also there's other area clubs i know that have reciprocals including some of the seabig family that uh, people would definitely know about those clubs too yeah so with your membership here you can play at uh, fox valley and briarwood with a, a small reciprocal fee and then we also have others uh that are Gowanda, um, Shell Ridge, and then there's about six of them in Rochester area now as well that we've ad- added a few more at the end of the year, Canandaigua and Menden we added. Um, and then our Big owned clubs, there's 26 clubs. Uh, so if you want to get out of town when it's snowing, uh, there's 13 in Texas, there's some in Arizona, one in Vegas. Uh, you can play those for a reciprocal fee as well. So. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities beyond just this golf course. Um, and then we can help you know, make those arrangements for you. Excellent. Thanks, Don. Good Great. luck going forward. Appreciate it. Always enjoy talking with you. Thanks, Brian. Have a good round with Jack today. Yes, I will. Don Schneider here with us here on Tee to Green. Uh, we'll be back with more when we return right after this on Tee to Green on WGR. You're listening to Tee to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned. More Tea to Green coming up. Welcome back. Final segment here on Tea to Green. Thanks for joining us. Brian Colziel, Nate Erian for Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Derek Kramer producing as always. Thank you, Derek, for getting us up and on the air here as uh, we record remotely, continue here throughout uh, this unfortunate time. Hopefully we'll maybe have some remote course broadcasts at some point throughout the, uh, the portion of this summer before our season is done. But nevertheless, we're here to give you the best local talk here uh, in Western New York here on Tee to Green, which is presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. I hope you enjoyed our interview last segment with PGA Pro Don Schneider from Tantara. Uh, Again, feel free to uh, reach out to me or Don if you want some more information on uh, what Tantara has to offer you. Uh, Nate, plays at Briarwood, who is also a, um, a reciprocal of Tantera. The two of them are reciprocals of each other. So, we, you know, he and I play each other, uh, play with each other also at both of those courses. So uh, it's always a good time. Fox Valley is a reciprocal as well. So uh, we welcome you to any of those home clubs, as well as at Lancaster, uh, where Kevin is a player at here on Tee to Green. Okay, time for our Ryder Cup report. Brought to you by New Era Cap, the official cap of Team USA. And unfortunate news this week, Nate, we'll start with you, uh, the Ryder Cup pushed back to 2021, Uh, not that they couldn't play it, but the Ryder Cup, for a lot of people, including the players, it's all about the atmosphere and the fans and realizing that obviously not being able to jam fans in uh, on every single hole was going to make maybe the Ryder Cup a lot less special than what it normally is. No fans, no Ryder Cup. Uh, that's that. That was pretty. That was pretty obvious to me. I, I mean, what other tournament do you have players chest bumping caddies out of sand traps? It just that doesn't happen in other tournaments. It, there is really uh, the Masters and Ryder Cup. There are no tournaments 
uh, similar to those two. And um, yeah, I, I just you, you can't play the Ryder Cup without without fans. That those players feed off of that energy. Without it, it's just it's just not the same. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't think it's disappointing. I think it's the right decision. You know, yeah. For me, all the other events, you can have these events. The Ryder Cup's a different event. Those crowds chanting USA or whatever, that's, that's what makes that event great, as we've talked about on the show. And I think it's a good decision. We'll have it next fall, you know, and it'll be a better atmosphere for it. It'll, it'll be better for everybody, I think. I mean, there is the plan for all these sports leagues coming back. There's going to be, a, if we hope, it all works out, a ton of sports in September and October and November. So I don't think we're going to be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm kind of missing the Ryder Cup right now. The U.S. Open was going to be the week in front of it. So, I mean, we're going to see a ton of golf. We're going to see a ton of competitive golf. We're going to see three of the four majors. So uh, I think you're right. The Ryder Cup with nobody there, just uh, it doesn't feel right. Speaking of the Ryder Cup, we get to our Champions Tour report here now, brought to you by Donald Ross, the official clothing of all of us here on Tee to Green. Uh, the captain, Steve Stricker, Champions Tour player is actually playing this week at the Workday Charity Open. Had a nice opening first round of a three under par. Uh, he's probably got to be disappointed, but maybe relieved in the sense too. Jeff, he was so excited about being the host as the captain, a Wisconsin kid, a Wisconsin player, a Wisconsin pro. I'm sure being at Whistling Straits uh, is is was going to be a dream come true. So I'm sure there's disappointment from him, but. A year from now, I'm sure he'll say it was all worth it and the right decision. Yeah, I don't know if he was disappointing as much as he might have been driving this because I know he made comments about he'd be disappointed. You know, it, Wisconsin doesn't – we don't get this opportunity to host this ever. And when we do, we don't even get to have our fans. So I don't think they're disappointed. They're just – I think that's – I think everybody thinks it's the right decision and, uh, and push everything back here and, and hopefully we'll have a vaccine and be able to have large screaming crowds there. Nate, I, I just quickly to wrap up this Ryder Cup point here too. Team Europe would have had, I think, a good a good advantage gained. Yes, they would have played at the USA's home course and their home setup, but part of the Ryder Cup is the fans, and there's definitely a, a home course, road course advantage, disadvantage that had it been played with no fans, that Europe would have gained. Hundred percent, and I, that's not to say though that there aren't European fans when we go to these when when the U.S. is hosting. Like, True. you know, I, I still think though that the fan in that particular instance, like you know, you think about college football, you you think about the NFL, like those are two sports that are going to be very weird without fans. The Ryder Cup, to me, I, the first thing I think of is that fan reaction. What what other tournament do you see a Rory McIlroy walking up to the tee box? pumping up the crowd like those guys want that during uh during their tee shot which is kind of crazy to me so um yeah like you to, to jeff's point the right move was always to postpone this um it just that's that's true that that's probably a, like a bridge too far in terms of accommodating for these players especially if the players want that feedback and want that uh, atmosphere you, you you can't really replicate that yeah i agree yeah i think it's the right move uh, other news this week, Tiger Woods announces he will play next week at the Memorial. Uh, if you're curious, well, you thought this is the Memorial this week. Well, it's two tournaments at the same course mm -hmm. at Muirfield Village. Uh, the John Deere Classic was actually kind of a late pullout from the state of Illinois. The governor thought just because of some of the accommodations that are going on with COVID, you know what, it's maybe not in the best interest of us to host this. So uh, the PGA Tour decided we'll do two tournaments at the same course here two weeks in a row. It's a rarity, a little different setup this week for the Workday Charity Open. It'll be a little tougher next week. Uh, different tee boxes, different pin placements, more rough, things like that. 
Uh, but Nate Tiger returns. Uh, the PGA Tour is getting incredible ratings right now. Uh, we've talked about Bryson DeChambeau. A lot of big names have been playing, but you add Tiger to the, li to the list of uh, participants and he makes his return next week. Uh, you can bet a ton of eyeballs will be on the event next week, the Memorial. He plays the course well. Um, more importantly, the thing with Tiger, and you know, we, we've been talking a lot about Bryson DeChambeau. Tiger is one of the very rare people that he can not play all year, walk into a tournament, and take whatever storyline is the current, you know, hot storyline at the moment and make it all about Tiger. And that's what's going to – the thing that, that interests me, Brian, and I know you guys have talked about this in the show, is, is it does appear that Tiger is more dialed in with his swing. He looks healthier – um, and is swinging faster and fuller than I remember him in the in the late 2000s. So, um, you know, that that's something Jeff has mentioned multiple times. And I think for me, the exciting thing is we seeing Phil, you talked about Phil earlier in the show, hitting the ball further than he ever has. This is a new era for 50 plus golfers. And that's got to excite Tiger fans. I know it excites me. And yeah, we haven't seen much of Tiger lately. You know, I feel like I can't remember the last time I watched him play. So Hey, I'm going to be tuned in to watch him play because Tiger's always exciting. Be fun if him and Bryson were paired together, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> a lot of trash talking. I know. Yeah. The, the last official time we saw him on a course playing competitively was in that charity event with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. But before that, you got to go back to Riviera, the Genesis Open, way back uh, in February. February. Last time he played PGA Tour golf. And put Kepka in the group, too. Yeah, Kepkin, DeChambeau, and Tiger. That would yeah. get, get some eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. And Kepka, we know at times, has actually been vocal about DeChambeau's pace of play. That would add yep. a little friction to the group there as well. But yeah, He Tiger, throws a little shade his way every once in a while, yeah. Every, every opportunity Kepka can throw shade at someone, he takes the opportunity. That's why I like him. Yeah, yeah I, me too. The, the who wants to play the villain sometimes between Bryson and Kepka, I mean – this is what's good. Personality in golf, you know, it's why Mickelson is popular. And throughout his career, Mickelson has kind of been up and down in terms of likability factor. You could say the same about Woods. Uh, but now, you know. You could Kevin say the opposite about DJ. DJ is not a very loud, he's very quiet, and yeah. he doesn't get the same kind of hype those other players are, even though he's got 30 wins. Yeah, but, you, you know, if you're, if you're the villain, you also got to back it up with some good play. So, uh yeah, if you're not playing good, you're, you're not much of a story. So let's see right. Kepka play well. A few minutes left here on T to Green. Brian Colziel, PGA Pro, Jeff Minas, Nate Geary filling in for Kevin Sylvester. Uh, one last thing I want to bring up here. Uh, Golf.com this week said, there's a simple formula to tell you which tee box that you should be playing from. And they basically said, it's all about your five iron. Jeff, I want to see if you agree with this. It mm. says, take your distance that you hit your five iron, multiply it by 36. That's your ideal course yardage. So if you hit your five iron 150 yards, you should be playing, times 36, a 5,400-yard course. If you hit your five iron 180, that, times 36, gets you to 6,500 yards. 6, I don't like the number that came up for me, Brian. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that formula. <laughs> if you hit like your five formula. iron 200, you should play a 7,200-yard course. Now, yeah. that – is kind of close to what I hit my five iron at full capacity. And yep. I don't want, I don't want to play Jeff a 7,200 yard course. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. So what do you think about this method? You like it? You're not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's the same idea as tee it forward. I don't know about taking the five iron and doing all this math. You know, I want to play from a tee that I can have fun at. And I think most yeah. people should be playing from, 
you know, we always, you know, I, I always got the seniors to move up. They hated it at first at the clubs, but once they got up there and they started hitting more greens, having more putts for birdie, having more fun playing the game, it makes it more fun. You don't always have to play the back gates. And there's so many kids or guys that show up at clubs and play the back tees at Oak Hill. Well, guess what? It's going to be a hard day for you. You're probably going to have way more fun playing the forward tees. Um, but I understand what they're trying to do. And I do think everybody should play a little further up. It does make the game a lot more fun. And you don't always have to be that guy at the back gates, slowing down play, shooting 92, just because you want to play the back tees. It's club championship week, though, coming up two weeks. If you're going to mm -hmm. practice from the, from, the, from the tips, which I'll be doing over the next two weeks with the club championship on the horizon, that's one thing. But, you know, playing from them regularly doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it's not as much fun. Yeah. yeah. And a big part of the reason why we play, you're right, is to have fun. Hey, let's finish here with a shout-out. Bunkers in Baghdad program. Jeff, I know you know about this. They hit Buffalo a big, based. Yeah, they hit a big milestone this week. They hit 11 million golf balls donated to military. How about that? That that's insane. I I remember bringing over old range balls to them 10, 12, 14 years ago that they shipped overseas. They've been doing it forever. You know, they kind of do it under the radar. They're national, but they're based out of Buffalo. And I've talked to vets. I work with vets who've taken uh, taken advantage of that program overseas. Many, many times. It's a great thing that they do. If you want to donate, Bunkers in Baghdad, look it up on their website. But, uh, yeah, they hit 11 million golf balls donated to military members. So uh, kudos to them and all the great work. And, as you said, a local connection as well. Nate Geary, thank you for filling in this week. We'll, uh, we'll Yes. I'm, Jeff is very excited, he said, to golf with both of us very soon. So I'm sure. Very excited. That's right. I'm sure you can sense it in his tone. Yes, yeah. I can hear it. I can feel it. That's right. Uh, thanks to Nate for filling in. Thanks to Derek Kramer for producing. Kevin Sylvester will be back with us next week. Jeff Metis, thank you, as always. Good to see you guys. Yeah, same here. And uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Brian Colziel for everybody here at T to Green. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us here. We'll be back with you every Saturday right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.